Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. Will AI really keep people engaged with your company? What do prospective employees want? And do they want a personal connection or they want an automated interaction? I argue for the personal connection. And my hope is that AI will be the disruptor that eliminates the transactional relationship from the recruiting process. AI is here and already starting to take effect, especially with the way in which people interact with potential employees. Today's quote, automation is going to cause unemployment and we need to prepare for it. That was uh, Mark Cuban. I'm Rick Gerard and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to provide proven tactical solutions to solve your company's toughest hiring challenges. We share insights from top performing entrepreneurs and industry experts like our guest today, Liren Kotzer. He's the founder and CEO of Wuio. A uh, serial entrepreneur, WooIO is Liren's third startup. And for the past decade, Liren has been immersed in helping redefine and advance online tech recruiting and hiring market sector. Liren spotted a market gap for helping employers and tech talent find each other in a much more effective way without uh, all the hassles of wasted time cycles in between the two groups, which makes Liren our perfect guest for today's topic. Liren, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to have you here. Today, we're going to cover AI. I can't even say AI today. So we're going to cover where AI is already having an impact and where it's really useful because we hear a lot of talk about it. We're going to talk about whether or not you should leverage AI to maximize your impact in reference to brand awareness. So, uh, Laren, let's kick it off. Let's talk about how AI can or cannot do now in terms of recruiting. What are some of the challenges there? Yeah, well, um, I would start by saying that, you know, uh, what we're seeing today is basically um, that recruiting operation based mainly on what we call transaction re- transactional recruiting, meaning that, you know, when candidates apply to, let's say, a uh, company, uh, basically, there is a one shot for the company to win that talent, or in case there is something irrelevant, nothing relevant for that talent at that specific point, basically at that point, they're losing connection with the talent. And Wait, are you, so- are you talking about once they interview them and they let them go, they're losing connection with them? Exactly. Okay. Um, it can be so- whether they interview them or maybe, you know, it's someone that just post-graduate and, you know, the company has nothing to offer them, but they still apply to the company because they thought there is something interesting about this company sure. and they want to find if there is anything for them, right? So at the root um, of this is really the fact that it's transactional by nature. Just recruiting in general is transactional by nature. Exactly. Yeah. And the the problem that it, 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 uh, it caused is from the two sides. One is that the company is always, like the recruiting operation of the company is always focusing on how they're getting what we call fresh blood, meaning new candidates all the time, new stream of candidates in order to fulfill this position. That's quite tough mission. And on the other side, there is the talent, which eventually getting one chance with the company and then they losing connection. And think about it, some companies like big enterprises where they have hundreds of thousands of applicants that pass through the company during, let's say, few years. and Instead of being able to use this pool of talent that, you know, showed interest in specific time in the company, 
um, they basically have a pool that it's, it's basically untapped because first they don't know what's going on with those talents, meaning how their career progressed, what other roles they took uh, during that period. And second, they don't have the ability to offer them new opportunities. So let's say someone approached a company, as I said. When well, let me, let me back up a little bit because, so I would imagine though, the larger, I've never worked for a large enterprise. I tend to work with primarily small startups. I would imagine that they're good at cycling through some of the resumes that they may have in their database, but it's all skills-based recruiting, right? So if they have the right buzzwords and then they'll pull up that resume and then they'll contact them. But what you're saying is, that there's a flow or an interaction and there's changes that happen in that person's career that cause them to lose interest or not engage with the company at that point. Exactly. Um, uh, uh, exactly. So from, from one hand, um, the, the person that ever applied to the company now has a career progress and now it can be relevant for the company, but the company is not aware for the fact that now this talent is relevant because they don't have a good track about what's going on with them, right? And maybe, by the way, when they approach to the company or when they have uh, some sort of relation, it was not the right time for the talent or for the company. But let's say one year later, it can be a good a good point where the company can eventually uh, get the talent interest. But, but this is exactly that- where AI and automate or machine learning and, and and automating this whole process works. It works in a transactional process. I could see that it would be invaluable, which is the challenge that you guys are trying to tackle with your company. Exactly. So what we're trying basically to do is two things. One is to be able to help companies to have a a, a long-term relationship rather than one transaction with all the talents that apply to the company, meaning that we help them to create some sort of discussion with the talent along the way being able to update them regarding opportunities and help them or ask them to, of course, uh, update the company about what's going on with them. Uh, that's for one thing. But the other thing that the technology helps to the company uh, is also how to monitor monitor the, the right and the, uh, the people that are qualified to do the job for the company. Because what we find out is that there is a huge gap between what the company truly needs versus how they define the people that they're looking for. And well, absolutely. And that, that's a big disconnect. And it's been that way for a long time. I mean, a lot of companies hire based on what they think that they need. And there's a discovery period that needs to happen. And there's a process exactly. for doing that. But let me take it back to AI because we're talking about some of the challenges that you're tackling. And I don't want to make this uh, commercial on your company. I know you guys are tackling some pretty interesting problems. You can't fake that personal connection. And whenever you're taking this to a level where you're trying to continue to develop a relationship, the nuances of that human interaction aren't really there for AI yet. True. Um, The the interaction, the basic interaction um, uh, in the first phase is not by human because it's unscalable. So you have to put technology in order to be able to create some interaction with a mass pool of talents, or even if it's hundreds of talents, like in a startup, it's still something that is pretty tough uh, to maintain if you operate it by humans. And so that's primarily with companies that are at scale, that are large, where you've got large volumes of resumes that are coming in. But what about smaller companies? Yeah, I think that smaller companies, you know, even very small startup, let's say, let's say uh, 100 people, eventually they still have a database. If you look at their database, they still have database of hundreds of applicants sure. going through the going through the startup. And 
you know, they they have a very small operation uh, recruiting team that cannot maintain those kind of relationship with all those talents. So what we see or what we recommend is that eventually there is a one part of the scouting and the sourcing and the matching that can be handled by machine. And uh, I know that you are a big supporter of, you know, the human interaction. So do I, by the way. But I think... But I'm also a big, I'm also a big proponent of AI. I would like, to me, AI and, and automating this whole process essentially is a huge time saver for me and my everybody that I work with in getting to the right people and then creating the scenario so that we could actually have a great human interaction. Exactly, exactly. And this is what we're saying. We're saying... Uh, what 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 I think is that recruiters and sourcers, by the way, should spend more of the time. But even entrepreneurs and even entrepreneurs, of course, uh, sometimes the entrepreneurs is the recruiter itself. It yeah. depends on the size of the company, but they need to spend their time and focus their efforts on the real human interaction when it comes to when candidates express an interest and they're in the he or she qualified for the opportunity. This is where the true human interaction comes to a place, right? Where you want to present the company, where you want to do a nice discussion with the, with the talent rather than spending your time on trying to source and spread and pray and try to find people, uh, whether on your inventory or outside. This is something very technical. And I have to say also from the candidate part, um, sometimes people tend to think that candidates will prefer a human, uh, that the first approach of the company will be done by human. What we see is the opposite, like people getting... Well, no, actually, that's from, not the case. A lot of times, uh, well, okay, yes and no. The first interaction a lot of times is done by human, but primarily via email or LinkedIn or some reach out that way. It's usually not a phone call. Yeah. Uh, these days, mm -hmm. or an actual meeting. God forbid you go meet some, somebody. So the transaction components that we're really seeing AI can effectively replace is the sourcing, the gathering of the intel, and the farming aspect is really what we're talking about here. Exactly, exactly. Um, and we think that, even, and, and if I uh, may say, also from the talent experience, we're talking about a better experience because when even if recruiter or someone approached me on LinkedIn, through email, it still put me in a very uncomfortable situation where, you know, I need to respect the other side. So I might want, or even if, if it's not interesting, I need still to put my efforts and reply. And that's something that people tend to feel a bit uncomfortable with. While, they feel a bit uncomfortable you know, with what? With the fact that someone approached me and now expecting for an answer. I think that goes into how they approach people. Usually if you approach people in a sales mini way, a car sales mini way, then of course they're going to be off put by it. Yeah, but the fact that the, on the other side there is a human being, uh, that there is someone on the other side, put me in a, in, a, in a place where I need to respect them and I need to answer while... If I will get the feeling that this is something automated but accurate, I will feel more comfortable to get more out of it while I don't need even to respond and I still want to get those opportunities as long as those opportunities and those interactions are respecting my, my preferences and my qualification, etc. The next generation, you know, um, I always have discussions with recruiters and with uh, entrepreneurs regarding whether it should be a machine-based or it should be a human interaction-based. And I tend to think that, you know, especially the new generation is very used to the fact that he's speaking with machines, with softwares, with applications. That, you know, we don't need anymore 
let's say, travel agents. But the fact of the matter is, when your business is people, then you have to talk to people. You can't get out of that. If you're just joining us now on the live stream or the podcast, you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm Rick Gerard, and today our guest is Liren Kotzer. He's the founder and CEO of Wuio. So we're talking about AI. So really, the only two functioning areas where AI is starting to make an impact in recruiting is the transactional components, which we talked about, which is sourcing, gathering intel, and, and primarily the farming, and then some of the process. Sure. Okay. Uh, so what yeah, part of the process are you guys tackling? Well, we... We try to be focused mainly on the sourcing part, whether it's um, sure. on the on the sourcing and the nurturing. Meaning that basically, what we're trying to understand from one hand is what considered a good match um, from technology perspective. I, I I can give you a, a very nice from example. a skills perspective. Um, exactly from qualification perspective. Yeah. On the other hand, we're trying to understand how can we create a long-term communication with a talent that's not necessarily based on opportunities, while what kind of information, because, you know, every one of us wants to understand our true demand on the market, and we want a good heartbeat to the market, even if we're not considering leaving our job at the moment. We still want to know that we're in high demand. We still want to know what are our options in every given moment. And, you know, technology can serve it very well because it's scalable and it's, it's low, like it's much more possible. Well, you, um, you just, you just keyed in on one thing where people are curious and that, that's just part of human nature. The fact of the matter is, since people are curious, it does give you that window to have that opportunity to talk to somebody and to find exactly out right. what's happening with their career and how you might be able to enhance it. Yeah. Are you saying that you, you guys are tackling that problem from a nurturing perspective of, Hey, look at, we can let you know when there's changes in this person's profile, what's going on. Maybe when something happens, you can let them know or just kind of keep them active or keep them warm. How is this different from maybe an email list that you send out that they've opted into? Well, it's all about data because in order to, the, the problem is that because recruiting is very transactional, what happened from the candidate side? That Not all recruiting is transactional. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Most of it. I agree. Most of it. But from the candidate experience, it's very poor experience because every time they're thinking about maybe uh, switching a job, they're basically starting all over again. Nobody under know them. Nobody know their preferences. Nobody know what happened with them and what they want. So it, it's pushed them away. Like eventually they starting to look for a job in a very, very late stage where they, let's say, don't want to go to the office anymore. And it shouldn't be like this because think about, you know... Well, it shouldn't be, but 71% of the U.S. population is disengaged in their current role. So, I mean, it shouldn't be like that. Employers should do a much better job. But it, unfortunately, that's the raw truth. It is. People are looking. People exactly. are open to exploring their options, especially when you catch them at the right time. Exactly. And this is what exactly we're giving them as a technology. The fact is that we keep the information very fresh about them. And we know in every given moment what's going on with them, what their preferences, are they satisfied with their current job? That gives us enough data to use our technology to give them good insights. I, I will give you... Okay, let me stop because I want to ex explain that to me. So you're monitoring that person. Once they make it into my system, you're monitoring that person to let me know of any changes or any activity that could be construed as, hey, I might be open to looking right now. Yeah, because he tells us, uh, they tell us what exactly going on with them. And if they change their preferences or if they want to shift to a new technology uh, or to a new role, 
Wait, how are they telling you? Because we are, because we keep a, a long-term relationship with them all the time. We give them insights. We we give them some feedback regarding their demand. Uh, they use us, by the way, also for let's say internal negotiation. We got some uh, some uh, letters to our support where say, you know, uh, I went to my boss. Uh, I, I asked for a salary raise, and my boss thought that in my kind of experience, I'm not deserving that raise. And I went to... Uh, Wait, they're just giving you that information? Or how are you extracting that or getting that information from somebody who's in the system? Is it because they've opted into the system and their candidates yeah, yeah, are actually uh, the ones who are being monitored? Or is it me as the client... Let's say I'm a recruiting firm and I've got people in your system. How are you gathering that intel from them? Well, we're basically asking them and they incentivize to provide us this information because okay. they know that if their information will be updated, they will get a better insight and a better opportunities that fit to the, the things that they truly want and they qualify for. Um, ah, this is why okay. they feel more comfortable with providing this information as long as they're getting value for that information. That's what makes this long-term relationship. So the value that they're getting out of the platform is primarily the fact that they're able to get targeted things that are presented to them based on what they want out of their career. That, and, and they're qualified from, for one hand. And on the other hand, they're getting a lot of insights regarding you know their demand and their value and how much they should value themselves but how do you know if somebody's qualified? Okay, so that's a good question. This is exactly where the major part of the technology, because to understand that someone is qualified is pretty complicated, because, you know, recruiting is not a zero-one game. It's a very, no, not very at all. Uh, nuanced game. And, and, and so where it becomes one, very tricky, especially in tech or something like that, is that there's a lot of transferable skills. They may be looking Absolutely. for somebody who does X, but the fact that they've been working on Y is very transferable. Exactly. So and this is where, you know, you know, there there is a big gap between what companies need versus how they define their needs. And I, I can give you, for example, there is a company that that asked for someone with, let's say, five years of experience, a true situation, five years of experience. And, you know, uh, uh, the technology eventually scouts for them someone with one year of experience. And when the hiring manager looked at the profile and say, okay, officially this guy only worked for one year. The reason the technology eventually approached this guy is because this guy eventually uh, the uh, put for the... Um, so will it an it's analyzing the data of the work that they've done then? Yeah. For example, okay. you're going to, to GitHub. If you contribute in GitHub for five years, and you contribute in the exact technologies that this company is looking for, eventually you have five years of great experience. And that's not in your resume, but from skill perspective, you're qualified. And this is exactly where technology can get in, where human find it really hard because, you know, it requires much more time to go and go to the open source and look what kind of open source project you contribute and how many people, uh, you know, use this project and what their feedback and all these kind of things are how to be digested by your human being versus technology. Those skills are always used as a screening tool as opposed to an opt-in. So a lot of people use that as a reason mm -hmm. why not to call people. That's where the misjustice is, especially in recruiting, is the fact that a resume doesn't really tell you everything. 
As a matter of fact, it takes you, tells you very little about whether or not somebody is good at what they do. You're providing content to get them to engage with you? Yeah, well, the content is very personalized. And, that, okay. that's and it's based on what that person's needs or, or likes are. It's either based on what a person needs or what is his skill set and what are the trends. For example, if you, uh, let's say, a full-stack developer in specific you know, areas... We want to show you what are the trends, what are the next technologies that most of the people are getting experience with, how those technologies will increase your value. I'm going to just ask you one quick question because we're running low on time here. Sure. Quick takeaways from this. Where do you think AI is relevant and where should companies invest their money? Well, I think that AI is entrepreneurs at that point relevant for uh, helping with mainly on sourcing and farming and matching uh, you know, the right people. Uh, you know, you can use those technologies in order to spare your time and be focused more on the interviews and the employee branding and all those kind of things. I also think that, as I said at the beginning, AI will never replace the human interaction. I think recruiters should be more focused on how they do better interviews, how they present in the company in a better way. And Oh, hey, you know what? I'm going to totally 100% agree with you on that. And with that, we're out of time. So, um, hey, Laren, thanks so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what's the best way for members of our community to reach you? I'm always available on my email. It's liran, L-I-R-A-N, at woo.io. And, and that's W-O-O.io. W-O-O.io, exactly. Yep. And of course, you can find me on LinkedIn. I will be happy to chat. Perfect. All right. I want to thank our listening audience for tuning into this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producers, Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. We need your feedback to up our game and bring more valuable content to you. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Hire, that's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, radio.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Rick underscore Gerard. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Katie Weber. Katie is the CEO of KMW Recruitment Consulting. I'm your host, Rick Gerard. And you've been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio. 